After a week off because of That's Thanksgiving true. and all kinds of things happening, we are back today for the podcast talking about emotions today. That's right. Um, probably a good topic at this time of the year. Yeah. We're going to be experiencing a range of emotions in the next 31 or 32 days. Yeah. Right. A lot of emotions. Um, a lot of emotions. Uh, some positive, some negative. Yeah. And then there are going to be some intense emotions yeah. expressed. Uh, during this time of the year, regardless of your religious persuasion, you can't Absolutely. avoid this major holiday. Um, That's right. If you went shopping for Black Friday, you've already experienced some of those intense emotions. Probably so. Was there a big Black Friday this year? I think there's always a big. I think Black I missed Friday. it this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, if, as you, if you're looking at the or watching the video uh, through YouTube, you <laughs> see that we're presenting in a different location today. We actually have some construction happening here in the office that's been ha that actually has been going on over the last couple of weekends. Couple of weeks. One of the reasons why we missed last week right. was we were at a construction site last week. Yes, so, uh, building, uh, creating new office space for, mm -hmm. for some of the folks that have joined us here at the office. So, um, so it, good things, but also right. um, uh, issues that sort of interfere with what we are trying to accomplish. So life gets in the way. Life right. does get in the way, and so I'm gonna um, hit that uh, hit that button there button. so that that okay. sound will stop. Right. I wasn't expecting anything, but yeah. here we are. You never know. Uh, so we're gonna talk about emotions, yeah. in particular emotion regulation. Yes. Or emotional regulation. Um, the title of the article is the premier skill of the 21st century. Yeah. Right. Yes. And I like the idea <laughs> of of looking at emotional regulation as a skill that we need to develop as opposed to something that just we're right. just supposed to have. Right. And that's what we're going to talk about today is, is um, how do we get to emotional regulation? And, uh, but first of all, we want to talk a little bit about emotions yeah. and, and we want to mention that there are two articles yes. today. And the second one is a, is specifically addressing uh, what emo what emotions we possess? And right. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, I really like the that, <clears throat> that presentation, the, the way to look at it that way. So. Right. The thing about emotions um, is, let's first of all talk about the purpose of emotions. Um, emotions do two things for us. Number one, they focus our attention. Right. Whatever you are particularly interested in, uh, once you get emotionally aroused, it means you're you're interested in whatever that topic right. is. We're uh, highly we're um, highly emotional about uh, poisonous animals. Mm -hmm. It focuses our attention. Right. Okay? Second thing it does besides focus our attention is its motivation to action. Right. It provides the motivation to do something. Tell us we need to do something. Right. So emotions are necessary right. and useful, mm -hmm. both to focus our attention on what's important and uh, motivation to action. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and so we need them. Um, certainly to, to survive, mm -hmm. uh, in, in many ways emotions are important to survive, but it also lets us know just how we, f simply how we feel and, and how we're experiencing things that are happening in our environment. Right. right. And so what we want to do is we want to be in control of this right. process. That's the big issue here. Is in, in the word control, we're going to, we'll fo kind of focus on that point uh, in right. just a few minutes. Right. Now, um, emotion regulation is different for everyone. Right. Um, for some people it's quite easy. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that of the two people doing this podcast today, emotion regulation is a little bit easier for you than it is for me. Okay. Sometimes. And that's a state, that's a state trait. That's that state right. trait issue. Okay. So emotion can be a state of mind, um, or it can be a general trait mm -hmm. that you have. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so emotion regulation is going to be different for all of us because some people find it very easy to control their emotions. 
Other people find it a little more difficult. Right. Um, it certainly is more, in the control of your emotions or the regulation of your emotions is certainly more difficult um, if you've had a past history of trauma or abuse or right. neglect or something like that where you're sort of sensitized mm -hmm. um, to emotional events. And so for various reasons, uh, we have different, different people have different um, ability to regulate their emotions in general. There was a movie years ago, Top Gun, mm -hmm. and one of, the one of the main characters in the movie was Iceman mm -hmm. because he had ice in his veins. He just right. didn't emote very much. Right. Whereas the character played by Tom Cruise mm -hmm. was, was a bundle of emotions. He right. emoted about everything right. on a regular basis. So that's the trait mm -hmm. that we see. And then the state is something that's happening in the environment right now. Right, okay. yeah, and, we, and there, there are certainly um, state factors that can make emotions very easy to control or very difficult to control. Right. Um, right. It's very easy to control when you have, you know, sort of a lot of boundaries and structures around you that, that force you to control, basically. Um, right. And they're much more difficult to control when there's a lot of um, things happening in your life that you are either really happy about mm -hmm. or really upset about, and your emotions are much more difficult to control during those states. That's right. That's right. And it, and it depends on your particular, you know, are you stressed? Are right. you tired? Are you not feeling well? Those hungry. Those hungry. yeah. People talk about he has He's the hangry. Hang, the hangries, right? Mm -hmm. um, or people who become hypoglycemic and they're, you know, your your emotions get the better of you. Right. So what this is about, um, about what emotion regulation is about, is that you gain, you can regulate your emotions rather than your emotions right. gaining control of you. Right. So we're talking a little bit here about emotional intelligence. This is right. a, emotion regulation is a component of emotional intelligence. You remember that, that book by Daniel Siegel uh, written mm -hmm. years ago about emotional intelligence. And emotion regulation is a, is a robust predictor mm -hmm. of uh, life functions, of, right. uh, of your mental health, of your work life, of your academic performance, and of social relationships. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, if you're able to regulate these things a little bit better, those things um, can go more smoothly. Right. Whereas if you lose control of your emotions, you tend to make mistakes. Right. Yeah, we, we always couple together social and emotional when we think mm -hmm. about development and, and overall, um, just, well, development and, and, and um, different factors. And so we see social and emotional tied together because our emotions are so linked to the way that we interact with others. Right. And as we often do on, this, on the, uh, these podcasts, uh, we talk about the biology right. of emotion. And our emotions are produced in the brain. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the essential problem that all of us are dealing with when it comes to emotion regulation is that our brains tend to be reactive. Right. They react to environmental circumstances. And the reason that's important is because you have to be on alert for anything new, mm -hmm. different, mm -hmm. or dangerous. Right. Okay. And so when you're in the presence of something that, that might be new or dangerous, your brain, the, the subcortical parts of your brain where, where right. the emotions reside, they tend to react first. Right. They, uh, if you think of, of two, two things racing, whether it's two humans or horses or boats racing, the emotional structures of the brain tend to react before the thinking structures. Right. When you hear a loud noise, your body reacts 
mm-hmm. and moves away from the noise before you identify what it really is. Right. So if you hear something that sounds before like a gunshot, right? If you hear something like a gunshot, you're going to move. You're going to move in in a direction even before you know what it is. Right. Okay. Because what it is is done by the surface of your brain, by the cortex, whereas the sound itself right. is processed in the uh, emotional structure. Yeah. One day I, I want us to do a podcast on. Um, affect theory yeah. and the idea about you know these precognitive right. experiences that we have that influence so many of the decisions that we make and, mm-hmm. and feelings that we have and um, relationships even that we that we right. develop um, all of that there, this theory says um, begins precortical pre pre uh, pre pre yeah <laughs> precognitive right uh, we're not even really thinking about it you just start having these, experiencing these emotions um, and affects before you even realize what's happening. That's right. And because you have to, there are situations that are dangerous that you have to react mm-hmm. before you actually think about Absolutely. it. Because it takes too long. Right. I mean, you're not going to sit there and if something's coming toward your head, some missile of some sort, some projectile is coming toward your head, right. you're not going to sit there and think about, well, what is this? Right. Should I be? No, mm-hmm. first thing you do is duck. Okay? Right. That's subcortical. Those are the emotional structures in your brain. You're going to duck first and think later. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the enemy. That's what we're dealing with here right. with the emotion regulation. Is the brain tends to be emotional first, mm-hmm. and what you want to do is you. The goal here is you want to give your brain enough time for the cortical, the prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. to think about it before you react. Right. So your tendency is react and then think. Mm-hmm. What you have to do, what, what you learn how to do, and the reason it's a skill, is because you have to learn how to uh, control, mm-hmm. um, regulate this, this basic tendency to react in favor of allowing time for your prefrontal cortex right. to decide what to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And so that is the overarching goal right um, and, and this author talks about a few things that we can do to, to help with mm-hmm. that right um, and I really like um, and I don't, I don't know the first point that you want to make but I really like that he has a section on just I simply identifying the emotion I think that's the key yeah I, I think that as I correctly read, identifying the emotion that's right first of all you have to identify it yeah. okay and that is where you spend a little bit of time right and and it's absolutely critical because what you want to do is, what he reminds us of, William Glasser talks about this all the time. Uh, in fact, he calls it choice theory. You don't, you can't control all the events in the environment, but you can control how you react to them. Right. And, and you've heard that many, many times, is what you want to do is control how you react mm-hmm. to the events in your environment. Right. And the first step mm-hmm. is naming it, is identifying right. what you're feeling. Right. Okay, that's step one. Right, mm-hmm. giving giving a name to what it is that you're experiencing, and so you know it, that requires some sophistication to be able to differentiate excitement from fear, for example, right. or, or or differentiate you know um, some of these different positive and negative, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're somewhat um, opposites, but they also share many of the same physiological feelings, mm-hmm. and so we have to be careful how we identify them because that's going to influence our behaviors and everything that comes after that. Right. And so the thing we want you to remember is name it Mm -hmm. to tame it is is the phrase that they use here, which I think is easy, easy enough to remember. Name it to tame it. Mm -hmm. You have to first of all, first of all, identify it 
accurately, okay? Um, you need to notice what you're feeling. Right. You need to monitor your feelings. You need to recognize, and you have to adapt your emotions mm -hmm. to the event, okay? Right. So what this requires is a certain amount of vulnerability. Yeah. You, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. Let me mm -hmm. explain that. Frequently people come in to us and they will say, well, I'm really frustrated by this. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. Right. I, mean, I think I know what it means, but right. I, I know what it means for me. Right. I don't know what, but if somebody comes in and tells me I'm angry, right. okay, now I know what we're doing. I'm right. sad, I'm happy, I'm overwhelmed. Those are, those are identifiers that are, are much more precise. They're, they're much more precise, but they're also, you know, one of the things I, I was just in a conversation with a patient about recently is that, um, you know, when you come in and you say that you're sad, mm -hmm. I can appreciate what sad means right. because we have a shared definition, mm -hmm. but your sad may be very different than my sad. How right. you specifically feel mm -hmm. when you feel sad may be different than how I specifically feel when I'm sad. Right. And so, you know, while we, it is sort of the best that we can do as it relates to a vocabulary that we can mm -hmm. share and those kinds of things, um, there, there is still some subtle differences or sometimes some big differences right. in, in the way that we actually experience that emotion. Right. So, so we can have a shared language about the emotion and what the emotion is, but we may have a different experience of what that ex emotion does to us. That's right. But now you have a much more precise right. language to right. talk about it. To say you're frustrated that's not you're not vulnerable enough right okay? another place this happened and i talk about this i talked about it the other night i had to do a talk about uh, middle schoolers mm -hmm. and we frequently talk about our children and, and and our children especially teenage children tend to be a little bit um i think the word now is snarky is it snarky i think, so. I think that is the word little little mouthy little mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. testy verbally mm -hmm. you know take yeah. little liberties and at and in your first react, many parents, the first reaction is, um, you can't talk to me that way. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm angry. You, you made me angry. And then I got to thinking about it because I, I did exactly the same thing that all the other parents do when our kids are a little snarky. Mm -hmm. I, get, I get angry because you can't talk to me that way. You're being disobedient and right. disrespectful. But, but what I realized was it really hurt my feelings when my right. kids talked to me that right. way. You know, I was angry, but my real feeling was I was hurt. I was thinking... My God, why, why in the world would my kids talk to me that right. way, right? So I was really hurt. And instead of lashing out at my kids in anger, mm -hmm. what I really wanted to, to say to them was, that really hurt my feelings when you talk. That hurts my feelings when you talk to me that way. That's being vulnerable, right. okay? You don't have to apologize. You don't have to cry. But you have to at least identify what mm -hmm. you're really feeling in order to take the appropriate action. Right. Remember we said, focus your attention motivation to action. You're going to make a mistake. If you lash out at your kids and accuse them of being mm -hmm. disrespectful and disobedient, you're going to take this thing in a very wrong right. direction. Right. Okay. You're going to do the wrong thing. Right. Responding because you're, you're identifying yourself as angry will be very a very different set of behaviors than if you identify yourself as being mm -hmm. hurt. Yeah. Do you, do you mean, do you really mean you can't talk to me that way? Or do you really mean, I wish that you wouldn't that we wouldn't talk to each other this way. Right. I would like to have a different kind of conversation. Right. That's what you really mean, right. okay? But that's vulnerable. And right. a lot of parents don't wanna, they feel like they shouldn't be that vulnerable. Mm -hmm. No, it's okay to be that vulnerable. It's okay to do it with your partner. Oh my right. gosh, how many fights have you had in your marriage because you felt somebody was 
disrespecting you or something. No, what you really want to say is, sweetheart, I'd, I'd really like for us not to be talking to each other this way. Right. So you have to be honest. You have to identify what you're really feeling. Absolutely. Okay? Now, David Rock. This is what you should be. Rock? No, you should be. Oh. He's a human performance coach. Oh, yeah. Because you do sports psychology and all that yeah. stuff. That's about human performance. Yeah. He came up with an interesting statistic. He said, you can reduce your stress by 50%. I'll have to see how he came up with that number. Just by identifying it accurately. Right. If you do nothing more than what, what are you really feeling right mm -hmm. now? Um, we've had a construction site and mm -hmm. holidays and all this stuff going on. But what do you, I mean, you can get stressed, you can get angry with, but are you really all those things? No you're probably just a little bit overwhelmed right now. Yeah. So step back, take a deep breath. That allows you to take the action that you need to take, right? right. Saying something stupid because right. you're, you're under a lot of stress. Right, yeah, out of, uh, under a lot of stress, out of routine. Right. You know, those kinds of things can certainly influence the way that we feel. And it's not that we're angry or upset about anything in particular. Mm -hmm. It's just, right. uh, we're, not, we're not in sync right now. Right. And so the second step, the, so the first step is you have to identify the emotion accurately. The second step is once you've identified it and you, you kind of know what you want to do, um, rehearse your reactions. Mm -hmm. You know, this is going to be new territory for right. you, you know, feeling a little bit vulnerable and identifying things more precisely. So go ahead and, and rehearse your reactions um, of what you're going to say or how you're going to respond. I did that for a long time with my kids is how do, how do I want to say to my children, what you're doing right now is hurting my feelings. Right. Is that what I want to say? Or do I want to couch it in some way? So rehearse your reaction. Make sure you're comfortable. Make sure you that's exactly what you want to say. Okay? Absolutely. So two steps. Identify it accurately and rehearse your reaction. Yeah. That's the advice that David Rock gives. Yeah. Okay? Make sure that you're responding based upon the correct, correctly identified emotion. Right. Right. Not just the impulsive re emotion that mm -hmm. we, or impulsive label that we apply to the emotion. Right. Yeah. So what you want to do, so the goal here is you want to inhibit your emotional reaction, which is going to be the first reaction. Right. Okay, that, that's the first thing you're going to be tempted to do. So you inhibit that emotional reaction and allow the prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. to make a reasonable right. reaction. Right. Okay, a, a more thoughtful, a more mindful reaction. Right, because remember that impulsive reaction is going to be the survival reaction. Mm -hmm. Right. It's going to be the that's reaction right. from the subcortex that's going to say, you got to be safe. And so right. that's why you're going to interpret those as extremes in anger, extremes in fear, or extremes in happiness. Mm -hmm. You're going to experience those those first right. because your cortex wants to, your um, subcortical regions want to keep you safe. Um, Which is, yeah, survival right. more than cognition. Right. I mean, if you have to make a choice, you want survival right. more than thinking. Right. Okay. You, first of all, you have to survive. Okay. Right. So that's why the brain is structured to react emotionally rather than um, cognitively or yeah. mindfully. Mm -hmm. okay. um, yeah, that makes sense. Because uh, survival and, and also um, uh, the the emotional structures of the brain develop very very early. Yeah. Develop years before the prefrontal cortex. We have emotional structures when we're three or four years old. Yeah. We don't, the prefrontal cortex doesn't completely mature right. until you're in your mid-20s. Right. So Lots the, of time. the emotional structures, th that's what, you know, 
Another point is that's what defines teenagers. Mm -hmm. Teenagers react emotionally before they think about it. Mm -hmm. And they'll often say, oh, I forgot. And they really did yeah. because they're reacting emotionally before they, right. before they think about what they're doing. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So, so what you want to do is you want to free yourself from this automatic mm -hmm. um, survival response, okay? And you want your response to be positive rather than negative. Remember mm -hmm. we said there are positive emotions and there are negative emotions. Mm -hmm. And so you want your you want to uh, encourage nurture the positive emotions rather than negative. Anybody can get angry, right? Okay, and and, and, and let's be clear that we're using the words positive and negative, not good and bad, right. because sometimes anger could be a positive emotion. True. Sometimes right. anger could be the appropriate reaction to what's going mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Sadness could be the right thing to feel. It could be mm -hmm. the appropriate thing. Right. Um, whereas happiness could be the could be the bad feeling at a particular right. time. So right. it, it's important that you remember that we're not talking about emotions as good and bad. We're talking about them as more positive or more negative right. given a particular state or particular situation right. at one time. Because what's going to happen if your default setting is anger, mm -hmm. and I know some people, I can't say their favorite word here, but um, it, it's synonymous with I'm angry, mm -hmm. okay? And that, that's their, that is always their first reaction. Because right. I'm angry, I say, are you really angry? Right. Or, or is there something else going on here? And you have to help them sort that out mm -hmm. because their default setting is I'm angry. Right. I'm angry. Well, you're, you're not and really it, angry. And it really is a development of vocabulary. Right, that's right. Because you're not born with yeah. this ability. It develops over time. And you know, when, when you're f with five or six or seven-year-old children, they don't even have the vocabulary right. to identify their emotions accurately. So that's where parents have to help kids mm -hmm. learn the vocabulary. Mm -hmm. right. okay? So you want, don't do the automatic response. What, what uh, one of the writers says, don't take the bait. Right. <laughs> you know, don't, yeah. don't take that automatic response bait too quickly. Um, and then you also have to know your threshold. Mm -hmm. What's, how much pressure is too much pressure and mm -hmm. when do you react right. um, uh, emotionally? So you have to know what your threshold is as well. Now, the, the second article that, or in the show notes is uh, a, by, by Robert Plut, Plutchek. It's a hard name to say, P-L-U-T. I wasn't gonna try. C-H-I-K, so it looks like Plutchek. He lists the eight basic emotions. Mm -hmm. Now, curiously, he didn't invent this stuff. Yeah. There's a, you all know Charles Darwin, right? Not personally. But of him. I do. You knew him. <laughs> I had lunch. Hung out. I was on the Beagle. So he took this trip around the world on the S, uh, HMS Beagle, um, which is a, laid, sort of helped lay the groundwork for evolution, mm -hmm. evolution species. Well, one thing that a lot of people don't know is that he wrote a second book while he was on that journey called um, The Expression of Emotions in Animals and Man. And what he discovered is that people around the world, because he, he would encounter different cultures, all cultures smile when they're happy mm -hmm. and cry when they're sad. Yeah. And he was struck by the similarity of emotions. Yeah. And so what Pluchik talks about in this article is the eight basic emotions. Mm -hmm. And he put he says they're opposites of each other. There are some opposites, right? Right. So joy. And the opposite of joy is sadness, mm -hmm. okay? And the opposite of surprise is anticipation. Mm -hmm. So you can anticipate or you can be surprised. The opposite of anger is fear, and I don't mm -hmm. quite understand 
that. But he lists those as opposites. And the opposite of disgust is trust. So rather than parsing all this out, he lists eight basic emotions, Mm -hmm. joy, surprise, fear, trust, sadness, anticipation, anger, and disgust. And you can, there are facial expressions that mirror those eight basic emotions. Right, and he created this petal it's almost like a flower, flower petal, petal. Right. and um, there's a petal for each of the each of the eight um, emotions, mm-hmm. and um, they can increase or decrease in intensity, and based upon how strong those emotions are or intense those emotions are, right. you get other deviations or derivations of that um, uh, right. of that emotion. Right, and emotions and they are can combine. Yeah, it's sort of like flavor. You know, mm-hmm. we have what, four or five basic tastes, right? Mm-hmm. Four. Sweet, sour, salty, bitter. I think okay. so. So we have four basic taste taste buds on our tongue. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's a geographic distribution of those four. But when you combine those four mm-hmm. with smell, right, you get an infinite number right. of flavors. Right. So smell plus taste equals flavor, and you can produce thousands of flavors. Right. Okay. Um, and you see people doing wine tasting, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and smelling it and tasting it. And, and so they're, they're, they're um, stimulating all mm-hmm. of those and, and they get a flavor. Well, emotions are uh, similar to that in some right. ways, because if you get a combination of emotions um, or they go a little too far, they become more intense. And his wheel is a color wheel. Yeah. And the, the more intense the color, mm-hmm. the more intense the emotion. Yeah. The reason he builds that into his color wheel is that if you ignore your emotions, mm-hmm. they tend to intensify, right. okay? And so the other thing you have to be careful of is that when you're feeling these things, you identify, you, you get set, you, and you start to regulate because if you don't do this stuff, the emotions are gonna become more intense. Right. And that's what you wanna guard against, no matter what the emotion is. Right. You wanna guard against it because the absences of emotion mm-hmm. or the intensity if you're if you're too far at either end of that spectrum mm-hmm. now you're talking about mental illness right i mean people who can't express emotions mm-hmm. that's pathological right and people who express too much emotion mm-hmm. that's pathological so as with many of the things that we talk about on right. this program it's a spectrum and you have to be careful that you that right. you stay toward the middle right um, learn how to regulate learn how to identify right mm-hmm. and again it's never that um, in, in, in his wheel of emotions um, there's not a good and bad it's just they're just different These are and so there are times when each of those emotions are appropriate mm-hmm. um, and it's good to express those emotions at those appropriate times Right. Um, but then there are those inappropriate times. You know, one of the most liberating things with young children, and I say young children from probably age five on, is when you say to them, it's okay to be angry. Right. You know, that's normal. You're, mm-hmm. you're supposed to feel anger. Yeah. It's a, you know, so many parents and, and teachers say, no, you can't express, no. It's okay to be angry. Right. It's how you express that anger right. that is the issue. That's what you have to learn how to deal with. So let let people express every emotion mm-hmm. and then you deal and you deal with your response to that absolutely mm-hmm. so check out those uh, articles they're both posted in the show notes um, I think you'll find them enlightening I like that and, yeah I like these two yeah mm-hmm. and you we'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts or any particular um, 
insight from your experience into into these things that'll be great to share especially in december absolutely right there's gonna be a lot of them coming your way so get them in check um, <laughs> learn how to do this and then you can um, enjoy the holidays a little bit more maybe absolutely. you know you're gonna have that uncle you know what he's gonna he's gonna push those you know people say he's gonna push those buttons uncle dr richard uncle dr Richard is gonna push those buttons oh. <laughs> that's my grandson <laughs> i push his buttons um no people are gonna push your buttons so um prepare yep absolutely mm -hmm. so all right that is it for today until next time stay happy stay healthy and forget to be afraid mm -hmm.